light! Light this candle. Camera. Action. Moron. I've got morons on my team. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore! We're in the pipe. Five by five. We'll help! Yeah, I'll just fill my pipe! And so it begins. It was the dawn of the third age of mankind. folks to the man cave movie review the podcast that reviews the good the bad and the ugly of movies for men sometimes twice in one week and then we save one of the recordings tonight for episode 248 we review that great and fantastic movie and some people's opinions the fast and the furious starring the late paul walker finn diesel michelle rodriguez jordana Rooster, Johnny Strong, Ted Levine, and a host of many other people. Some you've seen, some you haven't. Joining me tonight for this great and fantastic podcast is my good and dear friend, Ken, I'll have the tuna, Roni. The listeners deserve a 10-second podcast, but they're going to get a 10-minute podcast. <laughs> Uh, times, I don't even know. I mean, I guess in this movie they do a quarter mile in about uh, three minutes. That's neither here nor there. Well, thanks, Ken. Also joining me tonight is my other good and dear friend, Brian. Next time, try Fat Burger. Miller. I need some NOS, man. I need some NOS. Uh, you know, you do. I We need to put you into overdrive here. You know, get that wheelchair going. All right. And also joining us tonight for the Quadfecta. In a uh, you know three show run, um, we don't know how long the streak is going to last, but we'll take it as long as we can. Is my good and dear friend Steve? They call me Steve. Got a last name too, but I can't pronounce it. Michaels. Jeff, I just want you to know I live my life a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> Nothing much else matters. Not the mortgage. Not the job. Not this podcasting crew and all their bullshit. For those 10 seconds, I'm free. <laughs> yeah, you may be free, but we make you pay for it, you know, the, the <laughs> rest of the time. Of course. Of course. All right. Gentlemen, um, th- this this uh, this movie has been referenced several times in our podcast, on our Facebook pages, and, and whatnot. Yeah, you know, I mean, this has always been one of those fringe movies for us. And, and we, it's about time. I mean, we sure as hell haven't run out of movies to review, but I feel like, based on things lately, that this is um, duty calls. Let's just get this out there. And, I, and I'm glad, um, uh, full disclosure, listeners, um, we recorded this last Friday night, and, well, I don't know, Gremlins, the Ionosphere, I don't know what the hell happened, but my podcast was there. And then it was not so. Gods uh, of ta- gods of taste. God, I I'm gonna guess that. Some- 
<laughs> Somebody said we need Brian on this podcast because he wasn't here last week for it. And because we need to get his viewpoint, which yeah, I think the listeners will figure out is you know, I'll let you listeners judge. But um, but I've got words and Brian but has you, words. You said some things have their time. Heart attacks, <laughs> cancer. <laughs> You know, everything has its time if you wait long enough. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah, well, I'm glad Brian's here to give his uh, dissenting view. Uh, but according to the IMDB, Los Angeles street racer Dominic Toretto, played by Vin Diesel, falls under the suspicion of the LAPD as a, a string of high-speed electronics truck robberies rock the area. Brian O'Connor, played by the late, great Paul Walker, an officer at the LAPD joins the ranks of Toretto's highly skilled racing crew undercover to convict Toretto. However, of course, O'Connor finds himself both enamored with his new world and in love with Toretto's sister, the beautiful Jordana Brewster. Uh, but as luck would have it, as a rival racing crew gains strength, O'Connor must decide where his loyalties really lie. So, gentlemen... You know, this this movie is, uh, so it's 2001. Um, this is a, directed by Rob Cohen, written by people that I'm pretty sure um, lost their jobs after this. But um, quite honestly, this, 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 I'm going to call it empire, this saga, this world that was created. Um, has spanned several movies. We, we, we're reviewing this because Hobbs and Shaw just came out. This is That's the kind of spinoff to the whole Fast and Furious franchise. But I think we're at, by God, eight or nine movies now. And I'm going to save my piece here, but I've got some information that kind of blew me away. That as I'm glad we delayed our podcast because I, I read an article today which shed some light on some information for me about this franchise, which I was quite honestly staggered by but i'll get to that here later let's get into it gentlemen ken what are your thoughts well as we discussed on our first version of this uh recording this review i opened up by pointing out that uh if a person hasn't seen fast and furious but they've been watching these kind of movies what you got to do to understand the story is you take point break and just swap out cool cars for surfboards, and you've got the same exact story. Steve, thoughts on that? I, I, I well, like I said before, it, it as soon as he said it, I was going through the Wayback Machine in my head, and I mean, I always knew Ken was brilliant, <laughs> but uh, the the genius of that, uh, and that he he picked up on it and remembered it um is it, it is genius and i i and i'll be honest with you ken i kept thinking about it afterwards and i was actually talking to deb uh about this yeah because she saw point break with me and i told her i said when ken had said that it's it it is literally right down to yeah swap out the surfboards for cars and that's it right down to the girlfriend it's I mean, the only thing Vin Diesel didn't do is throw her out of a car for him to, like, go catch her. I mean, that that's really about the only difference. <laughs> yeah, but, you Not know. that he would have done that to his sister, but, you know, whatever. I guess if he was pissed off enough, I don't know. No, I, I know that in Hollywood, the people that promote movies, they want to have a snazzy catch line. 
And I really do think that the snazzy cash line for this movie is, is Point Break with, with cool cars. And again, once the guy said that, the studio head said, here's $10 million. You know, go buy some cocaine. Have a good time. Oh, dear Lord. You know, it's almost to the point where you wonder how there wasn't a lawsuit. I, I really, truly. Well, no, it, it's, it, it's different enough. Not. Not, not by much. <laughs> not by much. But they enough. got different actors. <laughs> they're, they're, I they, mean, they weren't driving around in a van or much anything, worse right? Actors, but they're you know. Oh well, 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 well just, you just you just sit tight there. All right. Well, uh, well hold it here with this. Can, with can this, go on with can, this trans. Well, my last thought, then I'll move on. Is would this movie have been better with Keanu Reeves instead of Paul Walker? No, not, no, no. No, no, because you can't really say Keanu Reeves was the outstanding part in that movie. Well, but he is, he is the top in Point Break. Well, I mean, yeah, but I don't know if that, I mean, at the time, I mean, people were arguing whether Keanu Reeves could act or not. I mean, that was the whole thing back during that time. They were? <laughs> I'm sorry. Maybe there was no argument. Maybe it was just widely accepted. I don't know. Anyway, hold on there. I'm coming down there, Booker. AARP guy. All right, let's talk about uh, Ken. So, uh, any other initial thoughts here? I think I'll pass it on to the other guys. Oh, see what geez. they say. Okay. We'll, we'll have more to talk about. I'm, we we will. Steve, Again, Steve. I, uh, well, I'll, I'll just make back it. to Ken. My, Go ahead. My this was my first viewing. I'd never seen it before. I haven't seen any of the Fast and Furious movies. Uh. Part of the reason I haven't seen them is I've seen the trailers for the ones that have been coming out in recent years, and they are over-the-top action movies. Tons of CGI and, again, almost superhero-level stunts and such. This is a simpler movie. It's, it's, there, there's, it's practical effects. I don't think there's much in the way of CGI. It's just a lot of hot cars and hot chicks and Robbery and crime. So, uh, I think it's a solid movie, and I think it does have a good cast. I do like the cast overall. Uh, so I'll pass it on now. All right. Thank you, Ken. Steve, what uh, what say you? Well, I, I will say that this is excuse me. This is definitely the movie. If you're in the cars, if you're a gearhead, uh, I mean, this is this is clearly. The movie to see. I mean, without a doubt. I mean, and I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a car person. I'm not. You know, to me, they're they're. It's something to get me from point A to point B. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like a nice car to drive, but I mean, I, I just I don't get into them. I mean, I would. I don't go to car shows. I'm just not. You know, like when people roll up on some that I'm. They don't impress me. In other words. Um, I mean, I guess it would be cool, like if I saw somebody drive up on an Aston Martin, and that's only because of the James Bond thing. But I just am not impressed with cars. Um, I mean, well, I got a, a good friend of mine's got like a, uh, you know, a 60, 68 or sixty seven uh, Corvette, and he and I'm just like, that's cool. I just, it's just not. It's like whatever. I don't. I mean, cool car, but um, you know, what else? You know, it's just not. It's not my thing. So, you know, from that standpoint. Eh, whatever. Uh, I mean, this movie definitely has a ton of action. Uh, I will say that it 
it had a better plot than I had anticipated. Um, I was, I, I, w- I will say this, uh, I, I would never have gone to watch this on my own, and I won't watch it again. I won't watch any of the other Fast and Furious movies, but I, w- I was, okay, it was, it was worth my time. I wouldn't say that I, I regretted, you know, the two hours I sat and watched it. I mean, it's good. I, I mean, but I think it would appeal to a different, you know, a different group of people that, again, are into cars. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll get into the acting and, and some of the people that are in there a little bit later, but that's just pretty much my opening salvo, if you will. All right. Well, hey, thanks, Steve. I think uh, you had earlier referenced it as car porn. And, car porn, yes. And that I was. Think, I think that's accurate. I think that's accurate. It is. All right. Um, <clears throat> thanks, Steve. Brian, what were your thoughts about this great and fantastic modern day cinema classic? Well, one thing that that I will tell you that I shared with everybody, you're going to be shocked. I am. Because we all three thought the same thing. I thought point break. (laughs) No, I thought point break. (laughs) Now, I had hoped that it would be, because point break is kind of a respected film, I would say. Is it? For the most part. It it certainly is in retrospect. (laughs) And from what I understand... And I thought, well, maybe this will be like Point Break, you know. But I thought, you know, it can't be as bad as, like, the movies that they've come out with where cars are coming off the top of buildings and jumping out of a building's window. You know, just some, you know, whatever. And I thought, well, no, it it can be that bad, actually. And, in fact, you know, I told you to, to get me through this. You know, I was sticking golf tees under my fingernails as I was watching this movie to kind of, make it you know to, to make it less painful if you would it, it, it dulled it moron i've got morons on my team this may be the worst i've seen some shitty movies in my life <laughs> i openly admit that this may be the worst movie i've ever seen in my life i, lo- wow. I love i love cars I guess all those little stunted off things they were driving. I'm not sure they were cars, but you know, as a racing fan and the acting, oh my god, it was a Royal Shakespearean troupe. I mean, it, it, the closest thing I've seen to it in America, you know, clearly, you know. <laughs> my God, <laughs> this may be the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. I swear to God, I am not making this up. Oh my God! <laughs> oh man, it is out of sheer morbid curiosity. I'm allowing this. Freak show to continue. Oh my God! I mean, Ted, poor Ted Levine. I'm sure he was. He's, you know, I bet you he said to go, man. I wish I was rubbing the lotion on the gallon of pizza like I did. You know, that was a much better movie. It was a hell of a movie, by the way. Point of parliamentary and, uh, procedure. You remember, you remember when the helicopter came at the end of the movie to save the dude? You know, I kept thinking like. It's going to be freaking Airwolf, and Jan Michael Vincent's going to step off that thing, and he's going to raise the level of acting by tenfold. Your Honor, I object! <laughs> oh, my God. My God, he's had it bottled up, the rage. Oh, my God. Oh. All right, look, I've right, liked point- too many movies for too long. It's about time that I saw a movie that just... <sighs> point. Let's... I'm not. I'm not started yet, but I'll I'll, I'll add later. But oh, okay. we oh, now oh, we oh, now yeah. know what Brian's deep blue sea is. Uh, that, that's, oh, this is where I was wanting to go, Brian. Brian, have you seen Deep Blue Sea? I like Deep Blue Sea. Are you? F- oh. Are you kidding me? Are you? Are you sitting here right now? And are you serious? Oh, you're God. You, I, I have. <laughs> sorry, sorry. 
I didn't say it out loud. I didn't say it out loud. Get upstairs. Get no, you don't. Get upstairs. Get upstairs. Get the. Get in bed and brush your teeth before you do it. He's got me so mad. I'm yeah, we didn't have right this. Ex- we didn't have this kind of excitement when I was on the show. <laughs> Jeff has really stepped the game up here. I have what to admit. You, you, body bell. I, yeah, I, I'm cussing in front of my damn kids. Now they're up. They were. I'm not even in front of them. They're like upstairs around the corner. Anyway, Jeff, um, Jeff if they're going to learn this stuff, they need to learn it from their father. <laughs> I've always said, <laughs> like I did. It's. It's. I've always said. Um, it's not about cursing. It's about teaching your kids the right time place and 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 voice inflection to use when cursing and when you know who to do it around and who not to um right but um where was i oh yeah brian um all right well i um we're you and i are gonna have words mr miller all right could you imagine <laughs> slover watching this movie i it, remember we saw scanners you know the guy's head blew off I could just see Slover, Slover with a headset on having to list this movie. You see blood start running out of his eyes. It, you know, his brain starts to kind of rupture. You, know, you think I hate this movie. I can't imagine what Slover would have said. Well, I mean, I mean, you know, look, he gives the high hat to a lot of things, okay? So he doesn't, I mean, look, uh, he's not. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm an optimistic guy. Wouldn't you say that generally? Kind of, you know, or maybe. Optimistic? I yeah, I, 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 I look, I just human nature to me i i expect that humanity is headed upwards and things are good and you know we're you know and i watched this movie and i realized they made nine more of them and i realized that the world is over i mean <laughs> you know the abyss is open and you know, we just don't know it yet but you know society is collapsing you do you realize that alanis morissette and green day are considered musical artist and have won awards okay yeah that that's that's your basement who are they? right there i don't there. even know who they are okay good well i'm i'm, I'm sort of proud of country that. They, they chew tobacco what the hell is wrong with you people here we go um uh, all right so all right well we'll i i we're we'll get, we're gonna we'll talk this. about it we're gonna okay let's get into let's get in let's get into the actors shall we all right so uh principal actors um have been mentioned but let's go back over again tall uh paul walker plays the undercover um lapd uh agent trying to bring down vin diesel who plays dominic toretto let's start there gentlemen thoughts on those two actors ken what are your thoughts paul walker is a good looking guy i think he's charismatic i think this movie proved he did have charisma and uh i'm not gonna sit there and say he's the greatest actor around but uh i thought he was did very well and you know it was i mean this he did this movie and it kicked off what looked to be a franchise he'd be able to just ride for years but he tragically died in a car wreck uh you know a while after this movie was made uh, but no, he's solid, solid actor. But again, to, to get on Brian's uh, tear, he's not, you know, Lawrence Olivier does not consider this guy to be a peer. I'll put it that way. Especially since he's dead, but, you know. Uh, well, I mean, yes. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, you know, Vin Diesel, we, we saw in, uh, I mean, I think he got his start in uh, Saving Private Ryan. And so I think he established himself in that movie and, and started to spin off. I mean, he has a few series underneath his belt, but this is one of them. Thoughts I think on Pitch the, Black was his first big one, wasn't it, when he was a star? Um, I think. Baby? Well, I think, I think that was his first starring role, and that was just, just a year before this. But, yeah, he had... He, he did a little bit of work, did Saving Private Ryan, did the voice work for the Iron Giant, which I love. I love the Iron Giant. Great flip. Uh, and uh, then they gave him this gig. And he, I think he's ambivalent about this role. He, he took it for a while, then he just sort of like wandered away. Well, I mean, he, uh, he was in, I think, five other movies. I mean, he was. I mean, I don't. I mean, he he continued this role. Um, it, it's a. <clears throat> it's been a serious cash cow for him. But I mean, he. There's been a few series that have been that have revolved around him. Um, you know, he had the Triple X series, that uh, that had a couple of movies. Um, of course, he had the Fast and the Furious, and I think he like he he was in six of them. He was also in the start in. A, there's a series called Triple X, and he, uh, the fourth one is in production. Uh, you know, he, there there is something about this guy that people enjoy enjoy watching. Um, I think he has you know he he has a very strong presence on the screen, and, and he's he's been involved in a pretty solid group of movies between the Chronicle. I mean, between him playing Riddick, this character in this movie, he of course voices um, for the I mean the many many lines voiced in the Guardians of the Galaxy as Groot. I mean, there was some real depth there. Um, and then... Um, uh, Dealing with faith praise, aren't we? <laughs> I'm just pointing out the obvious. That, I mean, the man is involved in a lot of solid projects. And he continues to be... I mean, and, and I... Now that I've actually looked into it, he's in the next Fast and the Furious 9 coming out. So, I mean, yeah. I can't say that he's, I mean, he's not. I mean, look, I mean, he may be writing it now. This, you know, Fast and Furious 9 may be his, you know, his next $20 million house that he needed. But, you know, this is, now you can you can debate him. This is only his, like, you know, third or fourth project after Band of Brothers. But, <clears throat> but um, you know, I don't know. He, he seemed to have a very, you know, commanding presence on the screen. Well, I'll tell you what, you, you know what, know what in his younger days and actually something he, an experience he has that you also have that led him to have that charisma and acting ability and the ability to, to portray a character outside of himself. Do you know what that is? Oh, would it be I do. role playing? It would be playing Dungeons and Many Dragons. Many hours of Dungeons and Dragons, because he's, he's on record as being a big D&D &D fan. And I know for a fact, I read that Judy Dench learned how to play D&D &D while downtime on the Riddick set. You know, he pulled out the dice and DM screen. and I think he's got a podcast of him playing. I, I That's what I understand. So again, you don't usually run into A-list actors that admit to playing D&D. You know who else plays <clears throat> who is a very avid D&D &D player? Um, the actor that is married to Sofia Ver Vergara. 
Um, Joe Manganiello. How do you yeah. say that? He showed his basement somewhere. It's like all tricked out, as I yes. recall. Yes, yes. And, I mean, he's been in some, I don't know, some some, some mid-range projects. I mean, he was in Rampage in 2018. Uh, one of my favorite roles, he was in Pee-wee's Big Holiday in 2016. <laughs> um, sorry. Uh, but he's been in a lot of, lot of TV. Um, he was in the... Uh, True Blood series, uh, but you know, of course, his crowning glory was you know his marriage to his current uh, wife. But um, yeah, you would recognize him. But you're right, Brian. He has he. I mean, he's you know, it, it, it's it's like one of the focal points in his home is this is this gaming dungeon area where he can ro- do his role playing. And <clears throat> my wife shared it with me the other day, and I was like, see, see, good looking, cool people actually do that. See, see, we got something in common. Yeah. Well, somebody else again. I'll. I'll make one last statement and we can get back on track instead of wandering off into a nerdish realm of role playing. Why would we do that? But Go on. I, I, you will have a hard time convincing me that Joss Whedon didn't spend a fair amount of time playing Traveler. And that's oh. all I got to say. Well, the same thing with The Expanse, right? I mean, they said uh, that, yeah. was, that was born out of a role playing game. Correct. Uh, True. Yeah, I mean, but anyway, all right. So um, Vin Diesel, I mean, we we, we know him, we love him. Um, classic look. I mean, he just has a very distinct. Um, I, I like Vin Diesel. I do. Seriously. Yeah. Oh yeah. I do. I do. I mean, I mean, that was the draw for this movie, and everything else is just you know, you know, you know, icing on top of it, or you know, whipped cream with cherries and sprinkles or whatever. But. All right. Well, I mean, and, okay. So, Steve, what are your thoughts? Any thoughts about Paul Walker, Vin Diesel? I mean, it, granted, this is Paul Walker's one of his first roles. I mean, he's he's trying to earn his chops here. Yeah, I I guess he was all right. He he always kind of had that look on his face that this is my first role, and it kind of showed. He just kind of had almost like a I guess almost kind of a little bit like a deer in the headlight look in a way. Um, blown away by his performance or anything like that. But, but I think like with Vin Diesel, I mean, he's, it's kind of like I said before, I mean, with Vin Diesel, you know what you're getting. I mean, that guy's got, you know, I wouldn't even say he has a range. He's, he's not acting. He's, he's being Vin Diesel. I mean, I actually expect if I saw him on the street, that is how he is. So he's, he's not really, he's not really putting on an act. I don't, I mean, and I'm not saying this in a derogatory sense. It's just, that's what he is. It's kind of like how, you know, you look at John Wayne. You know, John Wayne's range was John Wayne. He, that's what he was. And, and there's other actors that are like that. You know, I, I would say, you know, early on, Stallone. Stallone has a little bit more of a range to him. I mean, he could do stuff. He could do some comedy, not probably as well, but he can, he can pull it off. Whereas, you know, Vin Diesel just, I mean, and, and I guess I'm saying that based on everything that I've ever seen the guy in, it's, he is what he is. I mean, to me... He is, this was no different than his role as Riddick. I mean, without the goggles. I mean, that was it. I, I mean, when we saw, I, I remember we did Pitch Black. I, th- I mean, way back in the day. Yes, we did. And Yeah, and it's, this is, this is his role. I mean, this is basically what he does. He is really no different. As a matter of fact, it could have been the same guy. Maybe, maybe you know, Riddick was... You know this guy's you know great 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 grandfather or something like that. So I you know I I mean I again I don't have anything against the guy. I I, I know what I'm getting when I see him. And um, so I'm going to jump in. Although here I real did, quick. I didn't know he was the voice of Groot though. Uh huh. 
I'm Groot. That's right. I'm Groot. No! Oh, you That's didn't know that? Yeah. Voice of Groot. So, I just want to jump in here. You know, I, I, I totally agree with what you guys have said about his acting. And I'm not going to say this was intentional. Uh, I'm not. I'm just going to say that it's that that it fit because his character is thrust in a world that he everybody knows he's kind of stumbled into, and he is kind of a kind of a fish out of water. He's thrown himself into this kind of on a whim, and 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 everything is a whirlwind for him. So he does have this kind of shocked, exasperated, like trying to catch up because everybody else is five steps ahead of him. Look throughout most of the movie. Mm-hmm. But I think as the movie progresses, you see his sort of, especially towards after the after the helicopter scene or about the time of the helicopter scene, when when he's kind of figured it out, his character and him seem to take more of a more of a stronger performance because he he is he's not necessarily trying to keep up. He's now kind of directing things. Uh, as the movie is progressing because he's kind of taken off his veil of who he is and now he is out there as the police officer and he doesn't have to play this coy game that he's been playing. Um, And so I look at this as the natural progression of him throughout the movie. Uh, At no point am I going to say he should have been up for an Oscar or anything, but I don't feel... I I feel like there's been far more actors in roles where I've I've questioned school they came from. I mean, you know, <clears throat> Jennifer Aniston <clears throat> um, and anybody else in the Friends group. Uh, but there's other people, the other actors in movies and shows. I'm like, ugh, you know, this this is this is painful to watch. Uh, for me, it wasn't the case. Hey, by the way, you know the, who the pizza dude was in that one scene? No. That was the Rob Cohen, the freaking director. Oh, okay. Has he done anything since? Oh shit! He's well. He's made a fortune off these. Well, he, he did does. Uh, the Witches of Eastwick, bunch of stuff. He is a Harvard graduate in anthropology, which says a lot to me. But yeah, well, I mean, yeah. he understands his cultures and history. All right. Well, okay. Well, let's go on. I want to talk about a few other. Act- we, uh, so, Brian, you mentioned Ted Levine. He has a. Ted he Levine's has a, a great actor. He has a bit role in this. Uh, we've talked about Ted Levine before. What did you think about him in this movie? Given the circumstance, he did okay. I mean, you know, he was the only one in the movie that could act. If that matters, but now I swear, the next one of you primates even touches me. Yeah! So, yeah, you know, the guy that I think though should get the Oscar is this Matt Schulze dude that played Vince. Now that guy had some dimension. <laughs> Brian, just, just your 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 Stark level just went up to eleven. You need to dial it back. Oh, okay, Vince, huh? Vince. Uh, well, you know, you know what? I mean. Uh, you, you know he I, I mean he you know, he played opposite Paul Work, Walker a lot and you know they they maybe had the same acting chops and and I could I mean look I, there's no question I mean all of them were young coming of age kind of beginning actors in their early early 20s um Johnny Strong who played the other part of the team played Leon he uh, we've seen him before he was in Black Hawk Down he played the uh, one of the snipers, um, uh, Sugart, 
one of the two snipers that went down to protect the one of the uh, down pilots. What was he in this? What was his name in this? Leon. He was the other guy that was part of the crew. Kind of the guy with the see the hair. The smart guy. The, the guy could. The guy that always had a toothpick in his mouth. Is he the one got shot in the end? Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Die. Die. No, no, that was uh, no, that was a different actor. We won't talk about him. Um, but I like I liked him. Did you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I got some connection there. But the um, uh, but anyway, um, you know, those two guys they just added flavor to the group. I thought they did a good job. Um, I will agree that Matt, you know, seemed to, uh, you know, he also seemed to really be struggling at times to find his way, uh, maybe overacting at times. But there is one lady in here that um, I'm pretty pretty sure would. Um, pretty much kick all of her asses, um, at least back in the day. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez, she's she's been in a lot of things. One of I think she was in one of Steve's favorite shows, Lost, for a while, wasn't she? Oh, God. That wasn't... <laughs> I, I, actually, I liked it at first. Actually, she was in uh, the first movie I ever saw her in was the original Resident Evil. Yes. She was great. Her, I mean, yeah. her and me, they, they, they did well, I thought. She, she was in Slover's favorite movie, Avatar, too, by the way. <laughs> Back in the 2000s, if you wanted a you know badass ass kicking chick, you you hired her, and so yeah, she was in uh, this. She was in uh, Resident Evil. She was also in uh, Avatar. She was in Machete, which I still think we need to review someday. Horrible, you know. Movie. And not just Machete, but Machete Kills. And she was in Machete three Kills. Three years later yes. for reprising her role <laughs> right um, but and she's still working i mean she's cranking out stuff about every year she puts out a new movie or two generally a couple movies a year on average i'd say well, she's still doing this isn't she she is she's in the next fast and the furious movie she, yeah. she was criticizing i read something the other day she was criticizing the new writer for this movie and what oh, was it somebody was here's what's ironic to me apparently the new hobbs and the calvin and hobbs version of this or whatever the hell they call it uh calvin with, uh, and hobbs <laughs> You know, whatever they call it, but oh where people were getting upset that the character played by, uh, what's his name, uh, the, the, oh, killed off a character in the earlier movie. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? People actually care about characters in these movies? <laughs> but, but, but that was the deal. Apparently, he was a guy that killed a character in an earlier version of the movie. And the, the fact that he was a star of this movie really upset some people. See, Brian, and she had words about that, as I recall. Brian, I'm going to challenge you. I think what you need to do is have a movie marathon for the Fast and the Furious. And I need you to kind of report back to us if that fact, maybe maybe that character did speak to you. And maybe, you know, after the death of that character and then seeing those later movies, maybe that might have a more of an effect on you. What do you think? Oh, I think it definitely have an effect on me. That's for damn sure. <laughs> um. Uh, one of my you read about it in the papers, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, well, you know, she's she plays uh, Dominic's kind of quasi girlfriend, uh, but she definitely, um, you know, she she was here for a reason. Um, a little bit of eye candy um, back when she was younger. That did you guys know that her and Jordana Brewster both on this set both 
out here driving fast cars. Neither one had a driver's license. Yeah, I heard that. They had to like send them to driver's ed to right. get them up so they can drive. No idea how to drive. But speaking of Jordana Brewster, um, she plays um, the sister to uh, Dominic Toretto, and uh, I think she's a Harvard grad. Um, also, you know, maybe feeling her way through here a little bit, but um, you know what? I definitely overlooked her acting um, when it wasn't uh, strong because I felt she had a a beautiful presence on the screen, but also a very strong character. Thoughts? I'll I'll agree. I mean, she came up through the soaps, but she was only about 20 years old when they were filming this. So, but she had been acting for a number of years, and I think it. I think she did a solid job as the sister slash love interest. She held her own. I don't think she went out above and beyond where it was like, you know, crazy action girl sort of stuff. She was, you know, I think she she fit the role. And for those that are uh, maybe more TV watchers, she uh, she she was in the, da- the 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 kind of revitalized Dallas series that had a very short run. Uh, she was an American Crime Story, uh, Secret Lies, the Lethal Weapon TV series um, that I have and will never watch an episode of. Um, <clears throat> anything that has a Wayne's brother in it just it gets a hard no from me. Um, but anyway, but yeah, so she, um, uh, but she has also been in many of these, many of these movies, bringing her strong acting talent to it. I think thoughts, Brian, Brian, anything, what, what do you think about those two women? Anything, uh, jive with you there? Yeah. The one chick's hot, you know, uh, his girlfriend. So his there girlfriend. you go. The woman's in lost Michelle, whatever her name is. Rodriguez. Yeah, there you go. You think she's hot? I think she's, I like her. Here yeah. Go. Here we go. There you don't go. like her. Oh, here we go. Okay, what's your problem? (laughs) Shoot you squatty or something, or what's your deal? Round one. (laughs) I think you know what. I'm okay. That's Steve is not attracted to anybody that could possibly kick his ass. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I mean. I don't usually like run to that, but uh, no, I just she's she's a little bit too um, <clears throat> squatty, masculine. There you go, short, little little l- little too mannish for me. Don't don't like that. I mean, there's there's liking you know like the strong hot chick, but she's just not. Hot. I mean, I just I mean, I don't find her attractive, not even moderately. Oh, just I mean that's just me. I mean, there's Steve. I dare say I agree with you. I mean, she. Every time I see her in a movie, I mean, there's been at least, and these are. This is the second one. She has the same expression on her face, and it's like somebody just like made her sniff a turd. Why did she walk around? I just no. It's just she's just got this pissed off at the world look on her face every single time you see her. But isn't I just isn't that what women are supposed to be? I thought, but oh, so (laughs) (laughs) round two. Send all. <laughs> the Brian. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Go so, ahead. so I think she's. You know. Go. I'm sorry. Go. I don't let me interrupt round two. Go ahead. No, she just. I just like you know. She's. I think she's a hottie. There you go. Well, I, you I, I, and a lot of there's a lot of other people that evidently think that, which is why 
the powers that be in Hollywood keep putting her in these movies. Well, but it is sort of she does tend to gravitate towards the same kind of role again, action, tough action chick. And to woman. Steve's comment, she does tend to come in just like any character is like pissed off at the get go. I mean, <laughs> she's just trying to like control her pissedness the whole movies. Chip on her shoulder type. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's always like she just walks in a room and she just is like, yo, whose ass can I kick? And I just, you know, I can understand that. she's good it, actress. It, yeah. It's, well, it's, again, it's not her acting, it's just her persona is, is, is my thing. It's just, I mean, I think, and it, I think she just, and maybe I could be completely wrong. Maybe she could be a complete pussycat in real life, but I just get that impression that she's, she's like that if you met her on the street. I think she got kicked off Lost, I think, over some issues, including some DUI issues, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, she she did. She did. Um, well, I will, I will cut petite women slack on DUI issues, because if, you know, if you weigh 98 pounds, you need, like, one drink to be over the limit, so. Is she That's, even petite? Because I don't get the impression she's petite. She looks no, like she, she's... She looks like petite. she could... Is she? Well, okay. She, she, she's... Well, That's she's, another bonus, Ken. She's one fit. Drink. She's fit, but she's not. Okay. A, I mean, look at her. I mean, she's a she's big woman. She's fairly short, fairly petite. Okay, as as both of them are. So, I mean, I I do understand why Brian is attracted to her, finds her attractive. I mean, he does find he is attracted to women that could kick his ass um, because he married a woman that could kick my ass. Every, every, I mean, all the time apparently. So <clears throat> I get does, that does frequently. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> we hear it sometimes on the podcast. Um, then we have oh, so, okay. So the the whole thing is we have the the we we have this mystery of these trucks are being robbed. There is possibly this group involved. There's a there's a there's a few other rival groups in town. Um, you've got uh, D- uh, Danny Yamato's group, uh, which is uh, plays basically the the Asian gang that is running an, another ring um, or some other operations in town. Uh, but the underlying thing is the, is the street racing culture here. And I find it very interesting that I, when this movie came out, it was I felt like, a, in a sense, a, the baton was being passed on to a different generation. Because back in the day... Um, uh, before, and I mean, you know, kind of, you know, Brian and Ken's Ken's day, there were the muscle cars. There were your, you know, your your Dodges, your Chevys. You had your Chargers. You had your Challenger. You had your Camaros. You had your Transams. You had Chevelles. You had all these muscle cars that had these giant engines in them. Uh, you know, and would drive around town racing people. Well. You know, that was, you know, the 70s and 80s. And then, you know, I don't know. I don't know if there was a lull. I mean, I remember the Grand National coming out and everybody talking about that, you know, kind of in the late 80s, early 90s. But this seemed to kind of usher in the introduction that the the new street racing culture is these sh- very small, short, compact Hondas and Mitsubishis and some of these smaller cars that you could put an engine in and not only did you put a very you know good powerful strong engine in it style was important you know it wasn't about just putting you know some sort of shiny carburetor in it was you know we're going to have this system where you had fuel injection you had nitrous oxide you had all this it was a, it was a whole package like the whole car was basically a giant bomb ready to go off because it was just ready to go so and those were the other 
quote-unquote characters in the movie. What are your guys' thoughts on that presentation, that package of the show? They were the equivalent of the Pinto and the Vega from my era. Here we go. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. They, they are. They Well, they truly are. They just figured out how to take the Pinto and Vega and make it cool. Am I wrong? Mm-hmm. No, you're right. Well, uh, it, uh, back in Brian and my day, these 15... Ten! Ten commandments! If you were going to go to a movie that featured hot cars, racing, and you know, powerful engine, heavy iron, all that kind of stuff, that movie was going to feature Burt Reynolds somewhere. Maybe Steve McQueen. Maybe Steve McQueen. Yeah, but you know, and there's some classics back there. Some are funny, some are serious. One particular scene. The seed, the drag seed. I, I, I thought, okay, I'm going to watch this. The, the, the initial drag race scene on Hawthorne Street or Avenue, I don't know where it was. Let's assume for the purpose of discussion that once they got up and they got running, that they averaged 100 miles an hour. <laughs> All right? Well, I'm just, theoretically. I, I, yeah, that scene go with this, yes. was, was one minute and 42 <laughs> seconds long. Oh, he's now, got his calculator. I did get my calculator out. So basically, you could have just looked at the timer on the tracker at the bottom of the movie. Point, well, it's two point seven eight miles, or a fifty-five point six blocks of straight line racing in the middle of a freaking city. So a three, you basically run from downtown Indianapolis to Fifty-sixth Street, and there's no freaking problem with that. Now, Brian, Brian, Brian well, they're panning back to several different people. I mean, come on. I mean, yeah, there's yeah. several, several things, several stories being told here. Well, add this. At one point, when what's his name flipped the NOS on with his car, it was like a scene. I don't know if you know, but the science of the closer you get to the speed of light, the vision funnels. You could only see straight ahead and straight behind. The freaking vision, like, focused. And it was like, I'm like, is this guy going on like a warp drive or what the hell is going on here? His vision started to go and I'm like, this is just nuts. But anyway, so there you go. And again, I, it bothers me that I bothered to do this, you know, having said that, but I did. So there you go. Steve, Steve I have to jump in here. Steve. Yeah. You've been with this podcast all this time. Jeff, you've yep. been with the podcast all this time. In any review ever, has any reviewer whipped out the calculator <laughs> and started citing <laughs> numerical facts to dog a movie? See, I like racing. Uh, I love cars. That's, that's what bothers me about this, in part. Uh, I I don't recall, but um, maybe we we may need to pull the beach and files to see if there's like any kind of like special files. Have a have a electronic calculator record. I don't five blocks. We're gonna have to go back. Fifty five blocks is how. Five point six blocks actually. (laughs) So basically, from downtown Indianapolis up to Broad Ripple. Yeah. No problem. No so, cops. You know, pre- Don't worry about street lights. <laughs> Brian. Nobody crossing the intersections. Brian, in some sense, I'm sort of proud of you because I feel like you have experienced the same level of anger, 
I did when I watched the first and only time go. I ever saw Deep Blue Sea. Because no, I never understood it. That what well, and I don't understand this. All right. But when we get there what? I, I think I just made it pretty obvious when I did now. the calculation of one of the stupid things about the movie. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what. In 52 episodes, I'm pulling my damn calculator out, too. As in <laughs> homage, all right, to talk about that stupid damn shark jumping out of the ocean to grab a damn helicopter. Okay? This is... I'm going to... Jeff, I'm gonna do Jeff, the shark. I'm gonna do the physics animals, math animals, on this. Special animals, Jeff. God, they really can is, do some amazing that, things. You know, <laughs> don't you? I think he's gonna have a heart attack this, right here. This cut. This show. <laughs> this stuff happens in California every year, and you're talking about a made-up story about a shark. What the hell? <laughs> did you see? You need to wipe that blood out of your eyes. Did Jeff. you? Skarsgård was projected through water. All right, I'm gonna. Yep, 52 episodes from now, I'm gonna talk about the physics. I'm. Yep, I'm done. I. So. God. <laughs> so, looks like somebody flipped the uh, the NAS switch on Jeff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the good thing about this is Brian, by you poking the bear like you just done. He has plenty of time to like get out his calculator and work up some spreadsheets to like really, you know, refute Deep Blue Sea. Uh, well, I, it's just funny. I, I watched that scene. I'm like, God dang! How long are they going here? You know, and I'm like, You are pulling. Back. Let's be clear. You are pulling numbers for this show here. Did you did you see the the shark was using his nose as a damn battering ram to knock down a reinforced steel door. Uh, pretty let's, strong shark. Jeff, Jeff, I'm sorry. Jeff, quit. You're letting Brian <laughs> control you. Criticizing this movie? Seize, and you love Deep Blue Sea? control of God your emotions it. and guide us to a better review of Fast right. and Furious. Professional demeanor. Back on. All right. Three, two, one. And here we go. So, those three words together just send me apoplectic. God. All right. So, where were we, gentlemen? So did you um, see the Meg then, Jeff? Oh, I did see the Meg. It was actually pretty decent. Oh my God! What the <laughs> hell? Knocking shit off here. All right. So you know, I, I, I like the Meg. About all the actors and actresses, I think we've given everybody a review. We talked about a little bit about Rick Yoon uh, as Johnny Tran. Yeah. Uh, he deserves a little. I mean, he's he's a good. I thought he was a good antagonist in this scene. He actually. Uh, also appeared in uh, he was one of Bond's James Bond's antagonists uh, in uh, oh shoot which one was that was it Solus uh, Die this? Another Day Die Another Day with Pierce one of Pierce Brosnan's Pierce Brosnan and Halle Berry was it Korea was it North Korea yeah oh yeah, yeah 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 the Ice Castle and all that kind of stuff with the ice yeah, yeah. yes. It's an okay Bond movie, and he was a he's a decent he's a decent villain. He's a good he's a good antagonist here. Yeah, I mean I I mean I thought he did fine. Um, I'll tell you who I thought even I mean who I disliked even more was his like henchman, um, who was I I don't even 
I don't even know who played his henchman, but I mean, that dude there had this, like, swagger that just made you despise him, and he didn't have more than, like, ten lines in the whole movie. Reggie Lee. Reggie Lee played um, his henchman, who basically, uh, he was the guy that, I mean, I don't know where you get automatic weapons like that, um, especially in California, but uh, the, I mean, they, they turned that one little car into Swiss cheese, um, and and I got to say, I mean, riding around those motorcycles, firing behind you, they were pretty darn accurate. But I didn't, I disliked him even more. I thought he did a pretty good job of getting me to not like him. Well, I find ironic is, is they're happy to blow your head off if you don't give them that trade-in car, you know, you lose. But, but you know, they wouldn't bother to rob a semi-truck or anything like that. But they'll, they'll knock you off on the street for not turning over your car. And I'm like, interesting. Just interesting ethic i guess yeah so um so i mean okay the elephant in the room in the story is the and i'm pretty sure at the time i watched this movie i had to go to the movie theater and see it and you know, i back when this came out i mean i was of the demographic movie was you know back you know when i was in late 20s 30 years old when this movie came out i mean i was <clears throat> i mean i was at the right demographic some people on this podcast were you know like i said collecting their aarp magazines or whatever and so it it wasn't uh, I was I was uh, studying for the bar exam audience, when uh, this movie came out, so I didn't really watch it. Yeah. Just for just for the record, Vin Diesel is fifty-two years old now, if I'm not mistaken, and I believe Paul Walker Walker, if he'd have lived, would have been forty-five. Just just so you know. I, I do have to say one, one one quick comment, and that is, Jeff, if you do have the spoiler alert. Use a low-level klaxon or buzzer or something. Don't use that horrible siren effect. It scares me. Can frightens me. I will make sure that I do not use that for you. Maybe I'll well, use like some sort of chime, yeah. or maybe just a like a, a little, you know, like dinner bell or something. Or a gong. Maybe, maybe maybe even a cowbell. How's that? Spoiler alert. Die, die. Or cowbell is always better. I yeah. set it up there. I just throw the softball up in the air. Just let you guys hit it out of the park. Yeah, we'll use some more, more cowbell, Jeff. You know, <laughs> I have a, I've got a fever. Speaking of cowbell, did you have anything you wanted to spoil? Me? Yeah, I, I mean, you were one the spoiler alert. Is there something that you want? Well, I, I think you were tiptoeing right up to the big spoiler. Oh. It's a bad movie. That is spoiler. No. Okay. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so the 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 whole thing of the movie is uh, these truck these these moving trucks on the highway are uh, the targets for these would be ro- uh, robbers who were would drive around and then use very sophisticated technology to to um, <laughs> infiltrate the cabs of the truck and shoot them with like tranquilizing darts and take over the truck and then take over, of all things, by the way, Panasonic Electronics. Are they a sponsor on this movie? I'm going to get, because I'll tell you what, nobody in their right mind is going to try and steal Panasonic Electronics. At no point in my life has Panasonic been like the thing to take from your local electronics store. Well, it was either that- Pioneer or Sony. Pretty sure it's Panasonic. 
Uh, no, like, or it, you're right. It was, Pana, Back it was then, Panasonic. It was. Yeah, Pioneer, Sony. This was 2001, and I mean, it was a simpler age. And... Yeah. Maybe Panasonic was the sponsor, but regardless, all I kept thinking is nobody's going to buy this stuff. I mean, nobody. But anyway, I mean, these uh, this crew was very, with some very sophisticated equipment. And all I kept asking myself was, why don't you just stop the truck? And then get out yeah. and kick their butt. I mean, that's that's all I kept thinking, right? Yeah. No. So Me too. I mean, there there is that aspect of the movie where I'm like, all right, this this is sort of absurd. But then again, I think I love Road Warrior. You know, I mean, they kept going. You know, they didn't stop and shoot it out and hunker down. I mean, they just kept driving, right? And we loved it in that. Yeah. Well, that's Road Warrior, though. <laughs> I think I think the difference here, and I mentioned and I mentioned this last time. It's like you're trying to hijack a truck with a bunch of hopped up cars. Um, I I can't imagine a single truck driver that's just going to continue to drive in a straight line and let these guys surround him and board his truck like they were pirates on the high seas. <laughs> I mean, if it's me, I'm going to be slamming into these sons of bitches and knocking them off the side of the road. Oh, yeah. And I like how they got to stop this before, you know, these truckers, we got to get these guys because the truckers are going to start taking the law in their own hands. I'm pretty sure truckers take the law in their own hands anytime somebody tries to get in their truck. They're not going to wait for the freaking FBI to, like, put a stop to it. But I will say this. One thing I wanted to point out, the whole very non-lethal way that they were doing all this was was to just really kind of set the stage and to show that they may be robbers but they're not bad people they don't hurt anybody you're right um you know that was kind of what they were i think they were trying to to get at because i mean it's you know if if vin diesel's guys were just sitting there whacking these truck drivers like hijackers typically would be doing you know he wouldn't be all I, I think the girlfriend would have been, oh, sorry, I'm still taking your brother down because he's a bad guy. So I, I think that was definitely a plot device to show that, um, yeah, they're bad, but they're not really bad. So it's a little bit easier to let them go. Oh, shit. Did I spoil that? It's a it's a 19-year-old movie. I, it's yeah, an 18-year-old movie. <laughs> if you spoiled it. Part of a nine-movie freaking chain of movies. If people haven't seen the first one, they're never going to see it anyway. Well, or, I, I need to jump in and repeat do. my comment from the prior review. Because I was, Brian, you weren't here, and I had to step up and represent you. <laughs> because this is one of those movies, when I'm sitting here watching it, I basically am going like, I'm not rooting for any of the major characters because they're all bad guys. They're all felons. Even Paul Walker's cop is a dirty cop. He's been corrupted and, you know, there's felony assault and batteries and wrecks and who knows what kind of contusions and attempted manslaughters floating around here. And the only people you can really root for is the poor schmoes that are, like, trying to drive a truck or... You know, just driving their car through an intersection when they get creamed. I mean, I, that's who I felt for in this movie. Having <laughs> recently been in a major, you know, I, I was in an auto wreck a few months ago, collision. It may, may be alert to the fact that, like, you know, yeah, in a car wreck, yeah, the cop car goes through and smashes into somebody. And it's, you go like, oh, great, the cop's not chasing him anymore. 
Well, if that was me in that car, I'd be like, son of a bitch, I was just driving down the street to get a taco, and bam, I'm wrecked. <laughs> I was I was sitting there rooting like hell for the cop. I go, a little lower, a little lower. Point that gun a little lower, you'll get it. <laughs> I was all for blowing a guy away. This, when we, when we were doing the last uh, podcast about Black Mass, we kind of had the same conversation that to some people, the people that we consider the bad guys are not bad people they have done good things they are the children of somebody they are the you know friends classmates neighbors of others who they're not you know out violating or law breaking around and so to borrow on a role-playing term that we've used before they're they're not chaotic evil people they're 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 lawful evil they they choose to do things that are are bad for the for the reasons that they need to do them not just because they want to go out here and just whatever you know just cause main carnage whatever um <clears throat> so but in the end these these are not they're, 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 if if you totaled all of the laws they broke i mean everybody's going away for life there's nobody that's getting out of this uh, and 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 that's I mean, in the end, that's what kind of comes to play is, I mean, these people are going to go away um, and, you know, and 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 then this this cop is possibly going to try to help them get away. Oh, yeah, I never spoiler, saw spoiler said, alert, I, spoiler alert. I never got where his sympathy came from, in all honesty. But by the way, in that scene, when the cop, when the truckers pulling the gun out, what's his name? Uh, immediately says he's got a shotgun. So what does the guy do that's hanging on the front of the truck? He peels his helmet off and peeks over the top of the truck. And I'm like, keep the damn helmet on and don't raise your head. It's like, no, I'm going to take my helmet off and then I'm going to look over the edge of the truck where the guy's got a shotgun pointing at me. Good move. Good move. You know, I'm like, it's just amazing. You know, it, everything was contrary to what you would do. So that, of course, that leads us to the end of the show where... We have the the two main stars who have to go and have their climactic. Uh, well, you know the, the the cop finally shows himself, and he now needs to you know you know bring in you know Toretto, and uh, but before he does that, he reveals himself by you know saving the life of you know one of his gang members, and you know and and so you know we're reaching the the climax of the show at this point where you know we we're going to see what's going to happen between these two, and in the end. Um, spoiler alert! Um, you know they, they they have a big race where he brings out his big Dodge Charger, and for some reason I haven't quite figured out exactly why they have to race past a train. Um, I don't know why that has to happen, but because they just have to. <laughs> but but they did, and they both make it. Except you know, at the last second, you know, somebody hits, clips a truck or something, and and I actually think that was an honest to goodness real life Dodge Charger that they totally trashed in this movie. Could have been. I mean, there's yeah. only a limited number of them made, and I I can't wrap my mind around the whole idea of them wanting to destroy that. And from my understanding, that <clears throat> the the wrangled heap ended up in like some sort of Herbie goes to Tokyo. I don't know, so, you know, whatever it was. <laughs> Um, I can't, but anyway, the guy, it was, you know, it, the, the wreck was shown in there, but I, I just, I couldn't actually, I actually couldn't process that. Um, 
And then, you know, you're, you know, of course, you know, this is the first one and you're led to believe, well, whatever happened to everybody? You know, where did everybody end up? You know, did everybody get arrested? And, um, well, you know, you know, nine shows later, I guess everybody's out and alive and well. And it was interesting to see how they were, <clears throat> they were all able to stay out of prison for the rest of their life. That's neither here nor there. Let's ask you three, any final thoughts on the movie that you want to uh, beat a dead horse with? Well, I'll, 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 I'll jump ahead just because I know Brian's going to have um, a nice, nice event. I, you know, I'm just going to say, I would not say it's the worst movie I ever saw. I will say again, it's, it was entertaining. It's it. You know, you, you go in there. It's a popcorn movie. Turn your brain off. You know, you're not going to see anything um, spectacular. Uh, it's just uh, it's a lot of car chases, and I, I will admit it wasn't it wasn't as bad as what I was gonna what I what I thought it was going to be. Um, but I wasn't like pleasantly pleasantly surprised by anything. Um, you know, like I said, Vin Diesel. You know what you're going to get with him. You know he's he's a pretty much uh, you know standard standard action hero. I mean, again, it's it was worth a watch, but again, I'm not I'm not into the car porn. I'm not a gearhead, so this that that particular genre of action movie just has zero appeal to me. Um, it's kind of, again, it's like people who maybe not in the zombie movies. You know, I I can understand that. I'm into them, uh, but. You know this type of this type of movie, nah, not at all. So, anyway, those are my my final thoughts on that. Well, you want me to give it a rating, Jeff? Not yet, Steve. Not yet. I, I, we, I don't. We, we haven't done brother. What you drinking? We haven't done. Oh. I, I wonder what you before you jumping ahead there, <laughs> we, Jeff. <laughs> well, that's all right. <laughs> we well, not Steve. Top ten. I mean, it would, oh, Steve, I got a hot date or something. Okay, I get it. I get it. All right. <laughs> well, well, no, you just have final thoughts. You're well, yeah, I, any, any thoughts before we move on? <laughs> oh, no, it's all right. It's okay. okay, sorry. No, no, that's it. Those are my it's thoughts. All good. Oh my god. Oh, Brian is totally. Oh, it's my fault, huh? <laughs> I'll tell you what. I've got. Oh. I've got a roll of pennies being sent to you tomorrow. All right. You got us all discombobulated on this episode. <laughs> because you think I think I'm not even gonna say it. discombobulated and not even gonna say three words, deep blue sea. Good lord. Jeez. <sighs> all right. Um, gentlemen, it is now time for Brother, what you drinking? What you drinking? Oh, what you drinking? Uh, all right. Um let's uh Let's 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 do our usual. Ken, what are you uh you putting back tonight? Well, in my home, you can drink any kind of beer you want, so long as it's Corona. Nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> but but I don't have any beer, so I'm drinking vanilla vodka and diet coke. Well, there you go. <laughs> I, I I can't remember the last time I had a Corona, for a good reason. All right. Well, I like I like Corona. It's all right, all right. good. It's good hot weather sitting on the patio beer. Yeah. I'm not getting any resounding applause to that. No. To move on. No, no, it's good. It's good. No, it's not good. Um, all right. Yeah. Well, thank you, Ken. Yes. Um, um, let's go with uh, Steve. What uh, What are you drinking tonight? It's a school night, so I'm trying to behave. Um, because I'm I'm working out every night trying to trying to lose all the weight I I gained over the years and um, 
This is what I was drinking. Power Aid. Aid. So that's what I was drinking tonight because um, I have gone on a uh, uh, sabbatical of drinking Monday through Thursday. You have failed me for the last time. Um, and probably half a Friday. So that's, a, that's a worthwhile goal. You are a strong yep. man, sir. Strong man. All right. Well, uh, well done, sir. Well done. All right. Uh, Brian. Well, I mean, I've, as you know, I've forsworn the evil things, and I haven't had a drink or tobacco since May the 6th. And although this movie sorely tempted me, sorely tempted me. So, there. So, nothing. Sorry. Nothing to report. Not even Pruno. I'm going to need Pruno after this. All right. Well, thank thank you, Brian. Thank, uh, all right. Thank you. Well, um, tonight, um, be, to in honor of this awesome, fantastical movie, um, I, um, I I brought out the uh, the Blantons um, to uh, to drink tonight, um, and 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 I've and the reason I'm drinking this, and I've gone through. Um, uh, a, a fair amount of it in the last week or so. Um, our good friend Santos um, it ruined my life, or maybe saved my life. I don't know. Uh, by by letting us know, uh, he shared an article regarding uh, uh, how long will bourbon last, and um, and it just it it was depressing um, because I had uh, several open bottles of uh, of, of bourbon, and I. I was not aware that the more air that is in um, a bottle of bourbon, it will uh, it, it will it will bring down the taste, um, uh, you know, a lot faster. So I what I've been doing is going through my old bottles that uh, that that have you know whatever several <coughs> several ounces gone, and I've been trying to drink them to uh, to maximize the effect because I was not aware of that. So drinking Blantons, and I was able to commandeer a, another bottle this last week, so, um, uh, you know, a victory uh, was mine in my pursuit of that, so I feel like I've got one. I think I've been savoring the Blantons because I wasn't I wasn't sure I would ever find another bottle in my life, so, unless I apparently go to Australia, where they're just on the shelves all over the place over there. Uh, so that's what I'm drinking tonight, and, um, and I drink on a school nights because I uh, teach other people's children, so... All right. With that, let's uh, let's move on to, uh, without wasting any more time. Ken, are you prepared to uh, to to let us know what the uh, top ten movies of two thousand one are? Have I ever let you down on this? In general, Ken, I I can't actually ever say you've ever let me down on anything, except yeah. except picking up your uh, traveler campaign. But beside that. You know, nothing else. Well, I, I'm a busy man. Yes, you are. Uh, and as you are. Uh, busy and, and as I will be, yes. All right. <clears throat> Anyways, in 2001, that, and that's the thing that got me. This movie came out in 2001. Uh, I mentioned I was a very busy guy. That was a long time ago. I mean, that's that 18 years ago. Uh but it doesn't seem like it was that long ago, and they have been cranking these out. Obviously, about every other year, a new Fast and Furious movie comes out. But if you go back to 2001, it was a pretty good move year for top ten movies. I saw a bunch of these. 
I'm not going to say they're all good, but yeah, here we go. At number 10, a movie which I didn't see, don't have an interest, didn't light my fire, didn't care. But that was Hannibal. Oh. The, the, uh, There's actually a Ridley Scott movie with Anthony Hopkins as the cannibalistic mass murderer. Because, you know, when you think of feel-good movies, cannibalistic mass murders is what I want to see. <laughs> At number nine, a movie which I saw with Mark and maybe some of you other guys. And I prefer the alternate title of this movie, which is Marky Mark and the Monkey Bunch. <laughs> but that movie would be Planet of the Apes with Mark Wahlberg. remember seeing uh, that in the theater with you guys. Yeah, and I can remember walking out going like, what the hell was that? Yep, not as good as the more recent ones have been done. And number eight, another movie I saw at the theater. Saw it with my mom and sister. And it was okay, but you could tell by the time this one came around, they were just sort of milking it and making it up as they went. And that was Jurassic Park 3. That's the one with William Macy and Tia Leone, and they go back to the island. You always keep going back to the island. Why do you go back to the island? But they do. There's always the dinosaurs. finished business. Dinosaurs eat a lot of people. At number seven is a movie which I saw at the theater. Mark convinced me. He was going like, you got to see this. This is a sequel, but I saw the original. The original was great. It's funny. It's awesome. This is going to be awesome. Let's watch this movie. You'll have a really good time. So we went and we watched The Mummy Returns. Oh. I don't know. Was it that much worse than the first one? I don't know. It was bad. It just made no sense. It was very, uh, again, it was just bad. It was not good. And and that actually poisoned me because after I saw the Mummy Return, I didn't, I did not watch the Mummy until we had to review it a few years ago. So it poisoned me to the Mummy franchise. I was, Mark was right; the Mummy is an entertaining movie. The Mummy Returns was just an exploitative, derivative, cash extraction device. See, I, At number six, I, I. I, I, I do no. I disagree. That there there was nothing that I found. I, I'm not even sure I finished the mummy. I didn't find it oh. entertaining. <clears throat> I didn't find it worth even finishing. I think Brendan oh. Brendan Fraser in his day was an entertaining actor. You know he was born here, don't you? Oh yeah, with is a broad ripple, wasn't it? Well, I'm not sure where he was born, but he was born here. His dad was like a trade representative from Canada or something like that. <laughs> I did not know that. But uh, Wayne Gretzky graduated from Broad Ripple. I, I, I did not know that either. Yeah, he's a Broad Ripple High School graduate. Proud Broad Ripple High School graduate, Wayne Gretzky. And wow. Broad Ripple no longer exists. Mm-hmm. No. Well, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> After talking about the, the, the travails of local school funding mm-hmm. issues here. Uh, at number six is another movie I saw at the theater. I was out on a date with this one, and I thought it was a... For me, it was a decent date movie. Now, the movie pretty much sucks. Decent visuals, but story and history sucks. And that movie is Pearl Harbor. I have never watched that movie. The only thing worthwhile about it is Kate Beckinsale looking hot, and that's about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hadn't seen it for years, but about a month ago, I was catching a friend's concert at the Melody Inn, a local divey bar. 
and they had Pearl Harbor playing on the TV, so I just sat there watching Pearl Harbor, and you know, visually, it's pretty good. It just, and Kate Beckinsale is like peak hotness here, so. You mean, oh, yeah. You mean, you mean. Moving on. Star Wars and World War Two. I mean, you know, I'll Pearl. tell you what, I will say this about that movie. There's the, the one scene where the, where the planes are flying into Pearl. Um, I mean, it is beautifully shot. It's beautifully shot, but I mean, it you know, it, it's it's one of those scenes. <clears throat> it would, had the it was accompanied by the right music, and um, and and there was this foreboding, and you knew what was going to happen, and and they let you just kind of feel that emotion. The cinematography for that was beautiful, and then. It was like we were we were attacking the Death Star and we were running the trench and it was just it was painful. It was just a pain. Was the direct director that same one as Thirteen Hours? What's his name? Uh, that same director is Michael Bay with Jerry Bruckheimer. And his cinematography is always beautiful, as well as music. Usually, in his movies, the movies sometimes can be awful, but they look good and they sound good. Usually, Pearl Harbor fits that description. Uh, Having said that, again, when it was on with Melody and it caught my eye, and I sat there and watched it and listened to my music. At number, number five, a good caper movie. Uh, Fast and Furious is a caper movie. Ocean's Eleven is probably a better caper movie with a better cast. So I liked Ocean's Eleven. I would agree. At it, number cast. it had a very good cast. At number four, a movie which I saw... It's, I believe it's a Pixar movie, Disney, Disney Pixar. Uh, I thought when I saw this that it was A, very funny, and B, very original. I mean, I hadn't seen a movie really like this before. And that was Shrek. Love Shrek. I, yep. bring I would it. agree. I think the, the original's great. Yeah, because it came out of nowhere. You had, no, you, uh, had you seen anything like Shrek before? I don't think so. No. It's kind of like a movie where the, I mean, I guess, I don't know, is he an orc or something? You know, but like where the orc is. He's an ogre. Ogre. Well, ogre's kind of a funny guy with a good story and you feel sorry for him and, you know, he's funny at the same time. You know, Michael, uh, who was it? Mike, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mike, Mike Myers. Mike Myers. I I love, I mean, he's done some really interesting things, I think. I loved his, uh, oh gosh, what's his name? the detect the uh, spy um, Austin Powers. Austin, Austin Powers. Powers. I I love those movies. You know, sometimes when he does a movie, well, I mean the the, the one where he played the guys from uh, Berwyn, Illinois, uh, that did yeah. the uh, Wayne's the, World. Wayne's World. I mean, interesting flicks. All of them funny. I I I've really liked his work over the years. He was just in Bohemian Rhapsody. The uh, really. The movie yeah. about Queen. He was playing the, the record producer that they struggled with. And the thing was, you're watching that movie, and it took me a while. And I like, I was watching, I like, poked person next to me. I'm like, that's Mike Myers. I'm like, no, it's not. I'm like, yeah, that's Mike Myers. But you had to look hard to see him in the movie. He's playing a different, you know, against type. Moving on. Number three, a movie which I didn't see. It's a Disney movie, Disney cartoon, you know, computer generated cartoon. And that's Monsters Inc. Never saw it. It's pretty good. Is it? That's, yeah, that's good. You would enjoy it. Moving on to number two, a movie which I saw at the theater. As a matter of fact, I will, I will share the story. Some of you may remember this, but uh, the gang had decided we were all going to go see this movie, and so I think we said like, "Well, we'll watch the seven o'clock shows." So we met up and had dinner, and we got to the theater. 
and we're client. waiting there going like where's Jeff Jeff's not here <laughs> Jeff said he'd be here he's not here we're going to go in without him and then just then the doors open and the, the you know the theater empties and Jeff comes walking out going well I've been here since 11 o'clock I've seen this thing three times and all I can tell you is <laughs> when Liv Tyler shows up you can go and you know take a leak, and that movie was Lord of the Rings: Fellowship of the Ring. I saw that movie at a midnight showing in Greenwood, uh, and I had free tickets from the Game Preserve. But I saw it at midnight. I guess it'd been a Thursday, so I see somebody's lips moving, but he's not making any noise. Yes. Yep. Okay. You know, Ken, I um, I'm a man of my word. I said I would be there. And, uh, you know, I wanted to kind of be the vanguard that went out there and scoped the movie out and, and to just prepare you all uh, to make your viewing enjoyment the best. It and it was. Fellowship of the... You walked in there, you'd heard of this. You know, someone who liked Lord of the Rings and was into... You know, I enjoyed... I was not... I, I can't say I'm really deep in the fantasy genre, but I liked it. I liked Lord of the Rings, at least. And that movie did such a good job of dragging you into that world and making it feel like what Tolkien was trying to go for. I mean, my only beef with the Lord of the Rings movies is anywhere Peter Jackson decided that he could do it better and, like, threw something of his own in there. Well, but, you know, 95% of the Lord of the Rings series, to me, is just awesome viewing. I think it worked in the in the Lord of the Rings movies. I think it failed in The Hobbit. Uh and, and only to the extent that he took a movie that should have been, I don't know, maybe two movies, maybe, and turned it into three. Yeah. it's the, yeah. My, my word for The Hobbit, which somebody said, like, what do you think of The Hobbit? And I just said, The Hobbit is excessive. Yep. There's the too much of everything. My, 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 my slight defense of The Hobbit is if you accept the Tolkien version and you say that is the canon that is the bible that is what it is yeah it goes above and beyond there are some people me included who read the hobbit and at the end go so we're 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 being led up to the battle of the five armies we have all of these forces converging on this location and basically it gets two pages and suddenly it's over and i felt cheated because i thought oh my gosh in the book. In the book. Because yeah. I thought, wait a minute, this is this was coming. You have the defeat of the dragon. You had the defeat of the dragon. <laughs> and Damn. And, and then and then it's like, okay, well the dwarves have reclaimed it. Well, no, it's not. There's some still some contest here. And basically it's I mean, Tolkien was not a he was not an action writer. He was a storyteller, and I get it. But at the same time, you you drudge your way through the Hobbit to get to the point where you're like, oh, you know, the the, the they're going to battle, and you're like, okay, well, they kind of do this, they kind of do this, and ta-da, death, destruction, and Bilbo goes back home. That guy there too, um, and it's like, well, that I feel, I just felt cheated. I've always felt cheated, and then. Peter Jackson's like, I'm going to do three movies, and I'm going to show you the Battle of the Five Armies. And I was so excited. That said, you could still have cut about a half an hour out of that last movie, and it would have been just fine. Quick hypothetical question. Why, I understand why, technically, Lord of the Rings was a trilogy, because it was each book. Right. I get it. 
But what is it about trilogies in general? The fact is, if The Lord of the Rings took five movies to tell it, do five movies. If The Hobbit takes one movie or two movies, two movies. But there is a thing about trilogies, just in the broadest sense, Star Wars. Everything's got to be a trilogy. Why? I, I, Why I, trilogies? I got to think it's the basic framework of a story where you've got you know beginning, middle, and end. That that was, and I, Brian, I think what you're saying is is valid i always you know george lucas called i mean as far as i'm aware even though the man with no name was referred to or sometimes referred to as a trilogy where you know you've got the good the bad and the ugly a fistful of dollars and a few dollars more it wasn't different characters actually yeah yeah i mean you got even some actors at play but i mean they 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 lumped those three together you know you know eastwood trilogy i maybe it was just something fun to do but to me star wars was like the first trilogy um, but my question always was why? Why can't we just have more? Um, but I think it has to do with that beginning, middle, and end. But like with like the Fast and the Furious series here, we're going on nine, ten movies. It doesn't have to end. It doesn't have to. Well, maybe that's a secret. These guys have figured it out. Maybe. Nobody else has. Speaking of that, just real quick, did you know that this is the eighth highest grossing franchise out there this is that that your interesting fact that is my interesting fact and the things that it that it that it beats are that was even more interesting exactly the some of the ones that it that it beat which uh, i i because this this series and i could not believe the bank that this thing made i mean the highest grossing series can you guys guess? Uh, converted Bond. dollars or real dollars? Real dollars. Well, probably I'd say the Bond series. The uh, Marvel, uh, the Marvel Avengers. It, probably it is. It is the Marvel. It is. It is Marvel to the tune of like twenty billion dollars. Coming in second, if I can just get this damn thing. This series. This series. The Fast and Furious series. It, it exceeds the Jurassic series. It exceeds the Batman series. It exceeds the which I mean the Transformer series, which it grossed nearly four and a half billion dollars as a series. The Fast and the Furious grossed over five billion dollars in their eight movies. That's not even counting the most recent ones. Number five is the Tolkien series. Number four is the Avengers. Three is the uh, Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Two is Star Wars. And that comes in at just under $10 billion. Um, and then the last one is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now they you know cobble everything together there. That's 22 movies to Star yeah. Wars 11. Um, so, I mean, you know, if Star Wars had 10 more movies, well, sure, I guess it would be in contention. But uh, Marvel has 22, so, uh, but eight. This this movie series is the eighth highest grossing series out there. Well, I believe it's simply because every year, every time it comes out, it's usually a top ten or top five grossing. Yeah, one uh, for that year. There's something about this. People want to go see it. They want to. They they enjoy the characters. They enjoy the over the top <sighs> shenanigans, and oh, uh, and 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 anyway. So I'm going to let the public uh, rest its case. Yeah, they enjoy the excellence. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Sorry, Ken, we digress. You did. Yeah. Stepped all over me. 
And speaking of franchises and things that you've mentioned before, uh, the number one movie in 2001, the opening movie of one of those successful franchises. It made a boatload of money, and that movie was Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, which I've never seen. Um, I've seen them all. Yep. I've seen the first two or three of four. Well, as you know, I mean, I've said it many times that, in general, cute British schoolgirls and schoolboys annoy the snot out of me. So this falls into that category. I, I get it. All right. Well, thank you, Ken. Well done. All right, gentlemen, the time has come for the real final thoughts. Steve's kind of given his. But, Steve, you want to rehash yours over yeah. again? Well, again, uh, just, a, just a recap. Not the greatest movie I've ever seen, uh, but definitely not as bad as I was anticipating. I went in, I, I will say this, I went in with very low expectations and they were somewhat alleviated. It wasn't, it wasn't as horrible as I was, I was thinking. So, um, in terms of a rating, I'll give it a six. Okay. Six. So, all right. Well, we've got the, <laughs> we've got, oh God, we've got the, uh, we, all right, we got the, we got the bar set. Ken, it's per, it's pretty low. It's uh, I mean, I mean, IMDb has it at uh, like a six point eight or six point nine. So, um, so anyway, all right. Well, you're not too far off the mark there, Ken. What say you? Well, I said a lot about this movie already. It was kind of on my radar screen back when it came out, but I never saw it. And as I said at the opening, as Years went on and the trailers came out. I was watching the trailers and got the impression that, you know, it it was this over-the-top, super-adrenaline action thing. And it really isn't. The, the basic story is pretty straightforward, pretty simple. It's a heist movie, you know, a criminal whodunit sort of thing, but with cool dudes and hot cars and hotter chicks. Uh, it is ripped straight off of Point Blank. The basic story is Point Break. Nothing, nothing new. Point, what was that? yeah, Point Break. I'm sorry, Point Break. Thank you. If I had to give it a numerical rating, though, I was, I went into this thinking it wasn't going to be that good, and it entertained me. I mean, it was better than I expected. Uh, but having said that, it wasn't great. So I'm going to match Steve up and give it a straight six, which is just, you know, I liked it, but I didn't really like it. And I didn't dislike it. It was not a, you know, at no time did I want to shut it off. I Once I turned it on, I wanted to see it through. But again, I'll give it a six. All right. Last, or Brian, where do you sit? with this great and fantastic movie. Well, I'm not going to belabor it. I think I have to a point anyway. Uh, I will be merciful and give it a two. <laughs> Which is better than it deserves, but I'll give it a two. So there. My, my thoughts are well known on this, so I don't need to take any more time up with that regard. Well, in that regard. Thank you for, thank you for saving us. All right, and sparing us. All right, well, thank you. Brian is getting your abacus out, calculating time. Hey, it's not like I didn't work at this damn thing. Uh, I, you put, yeah, thank you. All right, um, um, thank you, Brian. The um, I did suggest this movie because I couldn't find 
I couldn't find Point Break. So um, I this is a guilty pleasure movie for myself. When it came out, I, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the ride. Um, I liked, um, you know, hey, I like flashy cars. There were a lot of extras in this movie that were, um, uh, I thought, at times stole the show. You know, they had a lot of good... Um, uh, moments of standing beside cars and in front of cars and on the street. You know, I thought, uh, you know, the, their costumes and um, outfits were 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 on par with what you would see um, on a street race. And, uh, you know, I just want to give the uh, the production crew kudos for um, for costumes. That said, th- this movie has it has some ups and downs. I think it's a good ride. Um, the 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 moments in the story where the, the, the main action as far as the uh, the hijacking it's absurd I just I can't I, I, I can't say anything else besides it's absurd but I do feel like there the themes of family of um, of community of uh, you know, people you know, coming together that appear to you know have you know abandonment issues with you know their own family and you know and, and come together with an extended family um, through you know whatever common interest um, I, I thought the character I thought the actors were well cast I thought the interplay between them was mostly good and I, I do enjoy Paul Walker's journey through the movie I do feel like I am seeing him uh, his journey through an actor uh, start at, at one point in the beginning and end up at a different point just my take um and along the way um everybody else has has a fun time uh doing it i do think uh the, the, you know the, the cars the driving the action i think it's all a fun ride uh, if you're into that i think you're gonna like the movie if you're not you are not gonna like the movie uh this is a you know man cave movie not but it's not a geriatric man cave movie so if uh, i get why brian is uh, is a little uh, is a little down on this movie. Not in the demographics. That said, um, I, res- I, I, I I would like to respect your um, your review, um, except for the fact then you said you really enjoyed Deep Blue Sea. So um, anything you said makes it null and void. Then all right, and with that, we will uh, we will we will we will we will close out this podcast, and I will erase everything that Brian says in post production. So with that, I think you better erase everything you said when you went off the rails. <laughs> what? I, I, I don't. I don't know if you've your, ever. Your mic was actually cutting out. In, in I don't know. Self, self edit. All right, gentlemen. I, I'm. This edit's going to be, and it's my fault. Um, I'll keep my fifty cents of pennies. I won't send them to you. All right, gentlemen. Thank you all for being here this evening. And uh, listeners, thank you once again for returning and checking us out. Um, we have gone um, way long on this podcast, so I am uh, I am going to uh, save listener um, uh, comments for the next podcast. But I do appreciate, as always, you guys um, uh, chiming in and uh, letting us know what you think and what your thoughts are and sharing, more importantly, some of your... Uh, your uploads and your articles with us because um, um, it's saving saving me some uh, some some bourbon. So I uh, appreciate it, Santos. And with that, signing off with me is my good and dear friend Ken. I'll have the tuna, Roni. This podcast is not what I had in mind. Uh, yeah, 
Me, me either. Um, yeah, me either. All right. Well, thank you, Ken. Also, saying so long, farewell, and Alvita Zane is my good and dear friend, Steve. <clears throat> they call me Steve. Got a last name, too, but I can't pronounce it. Michaels. Brian, ask any podcaster, any real podcaster. It doesn't matter if you review a good movie or you review Deep Blue Sea. Podcasting is podcasting. Amen. Here, here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, also saying so long, farewell, and won't be invited back to the podcast again. Is my good and dear friend <laughs> Brian. Why don't you try Fat Burger from now on? Miller. Well, this is my swan song, Jeff. I, I'm going to have to just break the news, just let you know, in that playing the romantic music in the background as he rides in the car with her. I'm a cop. But everything I've ever said to you about this film is real. I meant it. <laughs> well, well, well done, sir. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, appreciate you guys being here. And uh, thanks for... Uh, thank you. God. Uh, thanks for um, bringing the best out in me. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, ciao. I'll be back. Greg, we are leaving! Are you not entertained? Damn your eyes! Too late. Please go away. Let me sleep for the love of God! Someday this war's gonna end. In case I don't see ya. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. There's to us, and what we were, and what will be, and what will be. That said, this movie came out in 2001, the same year as Point Break. And I originally wanted to review Point Break. I couldn't find it. I was able to get this with easy access because, well, it's in the collection. However, the the I don't think this movie is a copy because it was it came out the same year, meaning it had to have gone in production at about the same time and written before that. So they were in tandem now did the studios get a hold of the concept and say well we need to have a competing movie to go with point break or vice versa i i would say yes because that they are both released in 2001 that yeah I, i'm going to guess that they one of them caught wind of the other and i thought point break was 91 but i'm sorry wrong? wrong i'm wrong disregard anything i just said you're right never mind 91 it feels like 2001. Sorry. Sorry. 
<laughs> I got my ears mixed up. Anyway, just disregard that argument. <laughs> 2001, <laughs> it's the new 1991, right? That's right. Maybe it was an that's, homage. That's 91? It was yeah, 91. it's, it's like 10 years older. I, I, Jeff kept saying the same year. I'm like, I thought that was like 10 years older. So, yeah. <laughs> You're right, it was. Anyway, all right. What well, the 10-year anniversary? I don't know. Regardless, all right. Uh, sound like an idiot there. I'll make sure I take that out. All right. 